Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca for episode 13 of the A Heart Cell podcast, and we have a special guest with us today. They never thought we would make it this far. <laughs> Brian's been saying that every week now, but we've clearly made it this far. Uh, our guest today is Nick Metalinos, the NBA writer, great NBA writer for ESPN Australia. He was our first international guest. Uh, that means we Australian, made it. Australian, born and raised. Uh, been in here, been here in the states for some time, covering the NBA. Um, as we get started, first of all, hi, how you, how you doing? How's I'm good. The, I'm good. How's the season treating you and everything? It's trading me. It's trading me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Keeping you busy, huh? It's, uh, I mean, you guys know what the grind of the NBA season is yes. like, so it um, it can get a little bit tedious at times. But mm. uh, you know, there's worse things we could be doing. So um, definitely. Well, last year that wasn't the case because the Nets were the worst team. So it was the worst thing you could have been doing covering the NBA. <laughs> like, lucky I wasn't, for him. For lucky him. I wasn't just focusing on the yeah, edge last year. You had some diversity, yeah. so it made it yeah. better. Yeah, definitely. You've got to look on the positive. There you go. Look on the positive side. Nick, uh, we, know you, we know you're from Australia, hailing from Melbourne, and um, you obviously write for ESPN Australia, which has to be a great honor. Uh, could you just tell the people a little bit about how you got your start into journalism and writing, covering sports from your country? and how that correlates with the you know, U.S. market and the Australian market. How that, just tell us about that, your Yeah, story. absolutely. Um, you know, I think journalism for me started, my father was a journalist. Um, you know, he was, there was a Greek newspaper um, back in Melbourne that he used to write for. And funnily enough, I actually do some work for them these days mm. as well, covering wow. the Greek players, which is pretty cool. Um, so I guess that was always in, in my blood. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I just got to the point where I was actually working as a, personal trainer for a little bit. I did that too um, sometimes. Yeah. Hey, look at a journalist yeah. personal training connection. Oh, see, I didn't I know that. I, for a reason, I, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. See, sometimes we journalists have to hustle in yeah. other ways. Yes, sir. So yes, sometimes sir. we have to do that. It yeah. happens. What yeah, but I was, I was working as a personal trainer for a little bit, um, and it, it just got to the point where my heart wasn't in it. You know, mm. I, I enjoy working out. I love, still to this day, I love working out, but I love working out, you know, more for myself rather than if you were to come in and ask for a tailored program, I, would, I, wasn't, I wasn't tailoring it to people's needs because it was, just, it was just generic, like, yeah, this will work. And that doesn't work in personal training. You've got to really tailor it. So I knew my heart wasn't in it. Um, I've always enjoyed writing. I've loved the NBA since I was eight years old. And mm. I just sort of decided at some point, like, this is what I want to do. So I started writing um, freelance. We used to have, there was one, basketball magazine we had at the time in Australia. What was the name of that? It was called Handle Magazine. Handle? Yeah, yeah. So I reached out to the editor there, um, said, listen, you know, I want to write for you guys. How do I go about it? This, this was at what age? Uh, 25, okay. I'd say. Okay, 20, right. 20, Maybe 26, something like that. It was, it was maybe about a year before the 08 Olympics. Okay. It was about a year before the 08 Olympics. So, um, you know, he said to me, just write some articles. If they're good enough, we'll publish them. We'll start you off um, on the website. And if your articles are magazine worthy, then, you know, later on, we'll put them in the magazine. Mm. So I started doing that, had a few articles put out on the, on the website. Um, and then when it came time to have some articles come out in the magazine, I think I ha I was, there was the, in the, the upcoming issue, I was supposed to have two articles. And I get an email from the editor, and he's uh -oh. like, "Yeah, you know, you know that uh -oh. email, you so know that email." Like, well, then I was yeah. like, no, "This ain't gonna be good." <laughs> he, and he was—he just said to me, "Look, you know, unfortunately, we financially, um, you know, we can't do this. We we're losing money. We're not making money. Mm. Um, unfortunately, you know, the next issue is not going to come out." So I was like, "Oh man, you know, like 
You have to be really disappointed because you thought that was your shot. Yeah, you and I feel like it, I was like, yeah. all right, we've got to start from scratch again now. Yeah. Like, you know, we've already built it up to a certain mm. point. Now we've got to start from scratch. So I actually offered to him at the time. I said, look, I'll put in some money. You put in some money. Let's do this all online because that's where it's all at at the moment. Mm. You know, it's like print media is dying. If not, if, if not, it's dead. You know, there's only yeah. a certain amount of magazines that are still moving units, you know. So yep. he didn't want to do that. He wanted to stick with the... Um, with the printing, fair enough. That was his choice. That was his magazine. It's you mm. know free to do whatever he wanted. But mm. I got the idea to start my own website, and that was I was using that more as a tool of. I never wanted it to be like the biggest website in the world, or to get a million right, clicks right. a day, or you know if that came along with it. And it was great. That was great. Right. But it was more of a chance of me using it as a platform to get my name out there. So people can see my work. Because you go somewhere and they're like, well, where's your portfolio? Where's your work? Where have you been published? When you have a site, you can just... That's kind of why I created Backpack Broadcasting. So we have very similar things yeah, in that you know, it's, yeah. You create your own lane. That's the way I look at it. You, yeah. know, you, can't, you can't wait for somebody else to open up a lane for you. You've got to create your own lane. So then I guess the next question we'd want to know is how'd you get from there to ESPN Australia? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it didn't happen overnight. I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah, much. Right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks that. They're like, they see your name in ESPN Australia and people don't understand yeah, the, the yeah, journey, yeah, yeah. you know? This, you know, the, my close friends, the people who have been rocking with me from the beginning, you know, they know, um, you know, and, and they respect the hustle. Um, I was doing that website for three, two, three years, like in Australia covering the local league, you know, Australian basketball from there. And what I would do was I would come to the States for like a month at a time, hmm. do some games, you know, hang around here, go to the garden, go wherever it was, do some games, go back to Australia and go back to, you know, doing the NBL and all that sort of stuff. And it was just like every time I would come home, like I've always wanted to live in the U.S., Mm. You know, ever since I was a little kid, man, I've been obsessed with this country. <laughs> you know, I, especially New York. Like, I grew up a Bulls fan because of Jordan, oh. you know, all that sort of stuff. But, but I didn't, and, I didn't and expect if you're not the Knicks. Jack has the NBA Jam shirt. I, 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 Ewing and Josh. Brown. And anybody can get it. Anybody wants to play the NBA Jam, they can get it. You're not being me. Like, I'll just say that right now. We'll talk about that later. But I, yeah. I did respect the, the Knicks, though. That were like, and I think that was more I because... I respect you for being a Bulls fan, though. No, I'm See, we, we just lost our connection. We just lost our connection. We had all that in common. And now... I can't say much because I was a baby. So, so it's, not, it's okay. We, we, we understand we're that old. ever. We're old, you know? We're old. We're seasoned, as I'd like to say. Yes, sir. When I, when I was growing up, the Knicks were just awful. So, yeah. They had that one playoff year where the Nets swept them in 2003, 2004. I just smiled at you. And you. <laughs> And, and Dex is just like sips tea with, <laughs> with Shandon Anderson and all that. Now we're getting Ooh, off topic. There's a name I hadn't heard in a while. Yeah. <laughs> really, really bad memories. Yeah. I'm sorry, we hijacked, we hijacked your story. You had, the, a, you had this love of in particular New York. Yeah. Actually, in particular New York. I grew up on New York hip hop. I grew up, you mm. know, respecting those Knicks teams. You know, like every movie I used to watch was based out of New York. Like, you know, you used to watch like Goodfellas and stuff like that. Ah, it was all, you know, New York. So it was always this obsession with New York. I knew I wanted to come here at some point. Um, and then just coming here, doing those games for like a month at a time, then going back to Australia. And it just, it made me hungrier to come over here. Mm. And at one point I was coming from like 2009. I moved here in 2012. So that period, what is it, three, four years, whatever it may be. At some, like sometimes I would come here twice a year. You know, and then it just got to the point where it's like, man, <laughs> you know, I just need to move over there. Right, right. And you just did it. So I just did it, basically. And, huh. and when I came over here, and this is one thing I tell people, like I've, re I've got kids reaching out to me, you know, from back in Australia, or even some kids from over here, and they're like, man, I want to get into journalism. How do I do it? And mm. what can I do? And the biggest piece of advice I give them is you've got to find your niche, and you've got to be able to provide something that no one else can. Mm. All right? And because you look at it... Time to take notes. Yeah. <laughs> you, look at it, you look at it over here, all right? And all these kids want to write an opinion piece. And everyone wants to have an opinion. Oh, right? but, we both just rolled our eyes. Or everybody wants to have an you, opinion, a hot take show. But and, you, yeah. you know what? No disrespect to anybody does it. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? And again, I don't want to sound like I'm harsh. No one cares. Right? That's what I say no all the time. I'm no one cares. So about you say no disrespect. I'm like, I mean, you know, I mean, I, let's I, give them the straight disrespect. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. No now. one cares. And, and that's what's, if, if I was to write an opinion piece, which I don't do those type of you know pieces, but yeah, if that's I was to write, what you, do, you right. could even make the argument no one cares what I have to say, right? Right. right? You know, because there's certain guys on a certain platform 
right? You know, that people care what they say. Mm-hmm. All right. We're getting to where I want to go. Keep going. Keep going. They keep care going, what you're going to say. But if you're just like some dude starting out and you've got an opinion, and I see these dudes on, and I know you want to talk about this a little bit later. I know you want to talk about this a little bit later. I'm going to get it when you finish. They write for a particular blog and they're writing these 6,000 word think pieces, and I'm like, no one cares, all right? And first of all, no one's got time to read 6,000 words on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you know, so I. Find something that you that only you can provide and roll with that. So when I came over here, mm-hmm. and I think even to this day, I think I'm the only Australian covering the NBA on a full-time basis. Right? Are you here on the There's that come here, you know, from they'll come here from Australia, or there's some dudes that are, you know, that work for um, major outlets that are based in LA or wherever, but right. they're not NBA reporters. Right. You know? So their outlet would send them to a game, you know, for a particular story or whatever it may be, and they're not NBA reporters. Right? Mm. I'm an NBA reporter, I'm here doing that. So when outlets from Australia want something on the NBA, Mm-hmm. A lot of them come to me Sounds because to I can provide it. He's that dude. Mm. If you want, I had, I had an outlet reach out to me the other day, and they were like, you know, somebody gave us your details. We heard you're the man to speak to. Right, right. This is what we want, and that's because I can provide something that other people can't. You know, like that's a great point. There's, there's people in Australia that I see it in their Twitter bio, and they're like, I cover the NBA, and I'm like, how do you cover the NBA from Sydney or? From Melbourne or oh, right. yeah. okay. Wait, 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 wait. I'll tell you. No, no, no. I want to frauds. I want to do this now. I want to do this now. Okay, so let me tell you about when I met when I met Nick. I almost reversed the words. Yeah. So this was at I don't remember which Nets game. It was last month. Uh, I forget who they were playing They've against. They've all bloody. I think it was Boston. Me. It was yeah. probably Boston. So I sat next to him. We were there. It was me, you, Tom Lorenzo was there, Mike Scotto was there, whatever. And yeah, shout out to the Italian crew, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to the Italian crew that covers the Nets. Yeah, the, mob, the mob squad. Oh, yeah, the mob squad. I feel like we just got to go, oh, every time we... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm trying to still be on the show. <laughs> so, so we was there, um, and you said... You, I told you you were speaking my mind because you were going on a rant. I don't remember how it started. I think when I sat there, you were already going about it. But it, you, were talking about, you were talking about guys who, who do that. You know, they'll, they'll blog from a certain area and they'll live in, um, you know, Oakland and they'll be covering the Knicks for a website. Or they'll live in New York and they'll be covering, like, the Miami Heat or something like that. And they'll be blogging or whatever. And some of these accounts that the people do it from, they're, like, verified on Twitter. So they're over here talking a bunch of nonsense and things like that. And I want to get to what you were talking about that night, but I also want to kind of open the floodgates to, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of, I don't know if I want to say fake news out there. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's people posing as journalists who aren't real journalists, yeah. without saying many names. Yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, that's what social media has done. Mm. It's given people a platform that they would not have had otherwise. Mm. You know, it's, make, it's making it easier for people to be a journalist, because all you've got to do is write an article and send it in somewhere. And, you know, it, whether it's on, you know, a, a website that gets 10 views per month or a <laughs> website that gets 100,000 or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. But if, you know, you can get that published somewhere, and all of a sudden, you're a journalist, or they say that they're a journalist, yeah, yeah. you know? And the road to being a journalist, there's more, you know, that encompasses a whole lot more than yes. just being able to, yeah, and to, just to go to your point, the people that are like, I see people that are like, and again, I'm gonna use Australia as an example, because I see it a lot on, on you know, people's <laughs> accounts from Australia, where they're mm. like, one dude was like, I'm a beat writer for the, I can't remember which team it was. Stop it. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I just wanted to send him the, the definition of a beat, beat writer, writer because, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't right. be a beat writer from it's Queensland, gonna, yeah, you know? You have to be actually <laughs> working the beat, yeah. like, there every day. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. I like, feel even like I'm not a beat writer, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And you're like, not trying to front like you are, Yeah. I, right? I, honestly, I don't try to front like um, anything, you know, and that's what, people say that to me a lot about my social media accounts. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, at least we know with you that what you put on there is what you're actually living and what you're actually doing. You right. know, I've got no reason to lie. You know, yeah, like, right. you know, I feel like people, everyone wants to make themselves more important, more than what, important they what they are, mm-hmm. you know, and 
I'm not saying that I'm more important than them or I'm more, any more important than anybody else. No, no, but, but I just live my life the way it is. And what you see is what you get, basically, you know, yeah. so. But it is true. Like, it's made it a lot easier for people to go out and claim. Because think about it. A lot of the people that you see doing that, like me, for example, like the people that I've seen doing that personally, like I'll go to a Nets practice or I'll go to a college basketball game and I'll go to these events and I don't see any yeah, of these I'll people there. there. But we're talking about the same thing. And part of being a journalist, as we both know, is you have to go to these things and That's get right. stories and make the connections with people face to face. And a lot of people, I don't want to say that this is kind of a lost art, but it's an art that is not as important as it used to be, I feel like, because of what yeah. social media has done. And I've always said the social media in like journalism or in general has been like a gift and a curse because it's a gift in terms of like if you use it wisely, like I feel like we do, for example, you're able to put your stuff out there and you're able to get that recognition or whatever it is that you're looking to get. But if you're one of the frauds, so to speak, as you would say, Dexter, frauds, <laughs> then, you know, it's just easier for you to pose as one. I mean, opinion yeah. pieces are cool. Like I've done yeah, I don't dislike hey, But pieces. I'm also doing that with the knowledge of what I'm talking about because I'm going there. Yeah. You also have to and know your audience. Know. I think you also have to know your audience too. And I think that's important in what you do in journalism. I'm sure you do because you have to know the Australian market and the Australian audience and, and the readership that comes to ESPN Australia might be a little bit different than the way people might read something here in New York. Yeah. Um, or throughout the throughout the country. So, you know, those are things you do. But talk to us, how did you get how did so you came here and before we go to break how did you exactly get to espn yes uh, so we actually went on a bit of a tangent well i wanted so, to get to the you know mess yeah so okay. <laughs> um so basically when i got here you know i i still had my website that i was writing for and then because i was here and i could provide that something that others couldn't i was reaching out to different websites in australia i said hey guys i can get you an interview with Andrew Bogut or Patty Mills or you know mm. whoever it may be, and then you know slowly, slowly I built up this sort of a base of you know websites that I was working for, and again going back to that Greek newspaper as well, you know so I was right, doing stuff so with them. So I had like right. you know a few different outlets that I was freelancing for, but the whole time, honestly, I've got to be truthful. ESPN was my goal from the beginning. Mm. That's yeah. I wanted to work for them from you know. Yeah, from how, the outset. How right. much did it help you, though, that the rise of international basketball and Australia becoming immensely, like the players mentioned, sort of coming up at that time? Yeah, and and I'll say this about ESPN. You know, I think in the beginning, they weren't. They were. I don't want to say hesitant, but they didn't really understand the scope of the popularity mm. of basketball in Australia. Mm. Like I'm talking about ESPN Australia, not ESPN. Yeah, right. Know, the, the, right. Yeah, over here. Oh, okay. I'm talking about ESPN Australia. They right, did. Right. They didn't. And then, you know, they started to see it because I remember having a conversation with one of the guys, one of the editors, and he was telling me that during um, the NBA finals where Del Vadova played, uh, Boga was on the Warriors and Del Vadova was with the Cavs. They were telling me, like, the numbers that, you know, they were doing, just people searching for NBA every single day was ridiculous. Just because of even those two players. I mean, Australians are going to support Australia. So, you know, you've got two Australians. One of them was playing with, you know... The, arguably the greatest player of all time. Yep. Bogut's playing on arguably the greatest team of all time. <laughs> exactly. you know? So the interest was definitely there. So, you know, that's when I think they, it started to turn for them, like where they started to realise it. And then the following season was actually when I started working for them. And I would, you know, send my articles through and I would get some feedback and they were telling me that they were doing good numbers and obviously they enjoyed the work, you know, because I'm still there yeah. writing. Yeah, so. obviously they're doing it. We're but they, it. But, but right. they told me that, you know, the... The numbers are doing well, and they started to see the popularity of basketball in Australia. Like, if you look at all the American sports, you know, people don't really follow... There's people that follow the NFL, but it's like a niche market. Baseball, it, a nobody, niche market, but yeah, but hardly really anyone, anyone, no one, no one Say what you want to say. say. Nobody really cares. <laughs> no one really cares. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, no one really cares. Yes, right. You know, out of all the, the American sports, basketball is the one. Is the one. And that's because it is a global sport. It's a global sport, well. in, the, yeah. in almost a way. Soccer is not Absolutely. to that level, yeah. but almost yeah, yeah, yeah. in that way. All right, good stuff. When we come, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk to Nick a little bit more about the perception of international athletes, um, what he's been covering here in the NBA. Obviously, he's a lot. He's covering with Ben Simmons, uh, who's a hot Australian star here in the NBA. Um, we'll talk about more of that when we come back on A Hard to Tell podcast. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via TeePublic. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting TeePublic online store to get shirts, hoodies, 
mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite backpack broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, press the ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to 8 Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who is the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here, and we have our guest, Nick Matalinos, NBA writer for ESPN Australia. If you want to know about the NBA and how it's working, intertwined with Australian athletes or American athletes or athletes from wherever, He's your guy to come and I'm see. Man. And he's not faking it. He's not a fraud. He's, <laughs> we established that in the first segment. That, right? he's, he's a real journalist. A um, couple things. Yeah, my, my bank, I'm broke, so I'm definitely a yeah, real journalist. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole yeah. other subject to that, too. Yeah, you ain't going to always have that money. It's not as glamorous as something. No, it definitely is not. Um, getting a couple of NBA things. I, I, over the last couple of years, I've watched the perception when it comes to draft time with international players. And I've seen a lot of people be very skeptical of their teams drafting international players. I'm a Knicks fan, for those who can't tell. And the Knicks, a couple years ago when they were going to draft Przingis, I watched a lot of his videos in Draft Express. I was very high on him. thought he could be a good player. The Knicks, again, this year take a kid from France, Frank Nilakina. I was very high on him, too. I think he's going to be a very good player. But I tend to see in the media and also from other uh, fans Oh, well, I don't know about this guy. He's going to pan out. Who is this guy? Why did we take him? What's going on here? It seems to always be this need to want to take the American player. Hmm. I'm also intrigued. I'm going to toss it to you, too. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Luka Doncic this year, a uh, Croatian uh, player who I think is fantastic. He thinks he should be the top pick in the I draft. Do. I do think he should be the top pick in the draft. <laughs> I think somebody's going to mess up and not take him. He's going to drop the three, and they're going to regret that he didn't take him. There's That's your hot take thing. for today. You're obviously from Australia, and there's been great Australian players who come on the scene. Why do you think there's this perception here in the States of international players almost that they can't play in the league or they're not going to be tough enough or they're not going to make it? There's this skepticism to pick them. What, why do you think that is? I think that whole tough enough thing is that that's been going on for years, man. Mm-hmm. Like you look 20 years ago, it's, it's always the, the soft Europe. And maybe it was sort of applicable back then because certain guys came over. Darko Militic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, that could have been applicable. I, I don't think it's Project applicable anymore. To, I agree. I think it's not, not anymore. You know, um, but I think a lot of it has to do with they don't get to see these players. You know, it's only hardcore fans. Like, I don't watch EuroLeague, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm involved with the NBA, you know, day in and day out. I don't watch EuroLeague. So you're talking about, you know, I've heard that name, Luca. I watch a little bit of it. I've, I've heard right. that name, Luca Doncic, you know, you know, and everyone keeps saying that he's going to be good. But I, I don't know because I don't watch EuroLeague. Mm. And that could be the reason why because people just don't get to see these guys unless you're a hardcore NBA fan or a hardcore basketball fan and you're watching EuroLeague and you're watching these sorts of things so then you go back to that old cliche of nah the Europeans you know they, they're soft or they're this and they're that versus an American player who you might have seen play in college night in and night out for so however many months my thing and I know Brian has something to say but my thing is that and I get it. I don't expect somebody to maybe be like me and watch a little bit of EuroLeague or EuroBasket as I watched this summer. I was very into watching it this summer. I'm a basketball junkie. Right. But there's Draft Express. And when draft time comes and you want to see these players, you can go pull up a video and see these guys. And you might not get the whole story of what they are as a player, but you can tell a little bit, see their feel for the game. 
I tend to think play, the fans and sometimes even some media members are a little bit lazy in not wanting to take a little extra time. And That's look, what I was going to say. Just look at this play. <laughs> look at this eight-minute draft express tape. If you say you want to know a lot of the NBA, but then when the player is about to get drafted, don't tell me. As a lot of Knicks fans, that's what I was gonna say. Porzingis, oh, he's back to our fraud yeah. discussion right, earlier. But, he's, but the Knicks fans think never, no one's ever gonna make it. Well, <laughs> you know, you're right. Knicks, Knicks fans, most Knicks fans, that's the irrational. Well, yeah, they've been burned a lot. They've, you know, Michael, they're, they're the Michael Sweetney and Frederick Weiss happened. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo Ballman, you know what I mean? <laughs> Who's the best player in my country of Puerto Rico right now? I think he's like the best player in that. Puerto Rico. Anyway. still playing. Yeah, yeah still playing. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he choke a dude out in Indonesia or something? Was that him or was that, I'm thinking somebody else? I don't know. I hope he did because that sounds like a great yeah. story. So, Wait, you said he tried to choke a dude out? Yeah. yeah. No, you're thinking about Anthony Randolph. That was oh, close enough. I think he, he was also a Nick. That was yeah. a yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say this though. Yeah. I remember when Giannis Antetokounmpo was drafted. Yes. Okay. Oh. And I'd sort of heard his name bubbling a little bit. Okay. But he was coming from second division in Greece. Second division right? place. Second yes. division. Mm-hmm. Now I know what the second division in Greece is like. Mm-hmm. You know, and the quality is not the best. And I'd seen some highlights, and the kid looked good, but you're like, hey, he's playing against second division dudes in Greece, you know? But almost like, every scout thought he was raw. Nobody was very high on him. And even his first year in the NBA, I was like, I think he's going to be a good player. But I didn't. He's <laughs> a, I think this guy's going to be the best player in the league within the next two years, yeah. you know? And I would never have predicted that. Mm, there you go. You know? There you go. That's a great point to that, because and Nick is 100% right. He was playing second division in Greece. Mm-hmm. His name was bubbling a little bit. Nobody really knew about his kid. And scouts were saying, no, 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 no. Wasn't Porzingis somebody who caught on kind of late also? Because it's not like the entire season. He did. He was playing for a bad team in the ACB. Yeah. He wasn't playing for like a top flight yeah. team. He's, but what I looked at, what I saw his efficiency in the minutes he played. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked yeah. about him. Both he of them are having a similar rise also. Yeah. Like. It shows that, I think what Nick is trying to say too, is a lot of people act like they know all this stuff, but it's, it's kind of a crapshoot sometimes, That's right? the theme of the show today. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people act like they know. They, they act like they know. And you know what, especially with drafting, not just international guys, but yeah. American guys, they draft these kids based on potential, okay? So yeah. for me, I don't watch college ball either. Mm. I want to be completely, I don't, huh. I don't like college ball, okay? Mm. And so when draft time comes around, people are like, well, who do you think? And I'm like, you know what? I don't care what he did in college. I'm going to judge him on what he does in the NBA. Because mm-hmm. you see a lot of these kids that mm-hmm. projected highly and because they had a great college career, yeah. but then they come to the NBA and they're the 11th, nothing. Yep. They're 10th man on the bench or they're out of the league within a year or two or whatever it is. So I don't care what you did in college. I don't care what you did internationally. I'm going to judge you on what you do in the NBA. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. So uh, analytics. <laughs> My favorite topic. The, the, the other part of that rant that I mentioned in the first segment. So, and this has been a hot thing, especially in the NBA. Analytics, are we using too much of it? Are we not using enough? Like, there's, there's kind of like a war now in terms of like, there's a section of people who think that the way to judge players is strictly numbers based and not necessarily, you know, anything beyond what you see as far as what the data provides you. On the other side, you have people who, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the eye test. And there's actually something similar where, and I cover boxing, as you know, but people, you know, judging a fight based on punch stats versus judging a fight with your eyes. Now I'm one of the people who judges a fight with my eyes. I don't want, I don't, because punch stats, it's like, it could be inaccurate. Somebody throws a five punch combo, you might not even see all five punches land. So full right. circle to the NBA discussion, um, what is what are your thoughts on analytics? Are we overusing it? Like in that case, I think there's a certain group of people that are overusing it. Mm-hmm. I think analytics. You, I think you'd be a fool to discard what analytics has done and what it can do. But I think a lot of people put an over reliance on it. Like you need a, a balance between eye test and data. I agree. I agree you with know? that. You need, because you need to back, like if you see something, you need to be able to back it up with evidence. Yeah, All right, right. you know yep. what? This is what is happening, yeah. and this is that. But then you start getting to some. You know what I don't like about it and what I rant and what you heard that day was. And what I agreed when, with, by yeah, the way. <laughs> you know when you say something, and this is one of the things what I don't like about social media, where you say something mm-hmm. and there's the well actually crowd. 
you know yeah, yeah. there's yep. a well actually crowd twitter yep. and, twitter and, man and it's, yep. you know it's it's all the numbers geeks that are always like you know <laughs> i call them vorp twitter right? <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's what i call the analytics crowd i call them vorp twitter first of all i saw one dude i can't remember who the player was but he was trying to say that this player was not a good player because of his vorp numbers I don't even know what the hell VORP is, right? But, <laughs> but, but you, seriously, you he, tell me. He, he, you know, like he's like, well, actually, his VORP numbers are, you know, and I was like, he's in the 95th, you know. Value over replacement player. Yeah. But who, okay, that's but, why. That's why I thought, but I wasn't sure exactly. Value. But honestly, who cares? It's, yeah. You know, like, I guarantee. Who's the replacement player? I guarantee, if you go ask any I'll NBA player about VORP. <laughs> I'm just playing dumb. Yeah, right. Ask yeah. any NBA player about VORP or what their VORP is, yeah. and I'll tell you right now, they don't know, and yeah. they don't care. They know their 2K rating before they know <laughs> yeah, their VORP. I guarantee yeah. that. You know? Those are analytics that they trust. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> hey, I trust that as well. Hey. That's too. Sometimes. Depends. Yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not. A, Except I, when they didn't give Giannis a, you know, 98. Or oh, wow. <laughs> what, did, what did he get this year? I don't know. I, 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 I can look I'll that check, up. I'll check, yeah, I'll check, I'll check too. I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I, I think that you have to have a balance. And I, I think Brian's analogy to boxing is spot on. Because um, I like to watch boxing the same way. You, uh, you know, yeah. the numbers are cool. But at some point, you also have to go with what you see. Um, yeah. And sometimes I don't even need to see the numbers to know what somebody can yeah. or really can't can't do yeah exactly. right like if a guy can't shoot like i don't need i don't even need to see lonzo ball's numbers to know that he's not hitting a shot and outside i watch a ton of laker games i was actually surprised his numbers were where they were i thought it was worse i thought three point percentage was worse than what it was um what's his warp though don't know, don't, don't know, don't or his war, or his war. What is that? What is that? Wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. That's mostly a baseball thing. That's mostly a baseball thing. Baseball, thing. Yeah. baseball is, oh, we I don't want to go on that tangent. But nobody in Australia cares, so we're not going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're not going to, not that I dislike baseball, because I like baseball. Mm. Um, even I'm, some, I'm curious to find out what my journalism warp is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, well, if, right, right, right. Can we have a journalism? Because I think there's some journalists that need to be replaced, but that's if we can get some numbers, people to figure out my journalism vault, yeah. I'd be really great. See, and that's the thing. You have people who comment on numbers, and we've talked about this before in this podcast, mm-hmm. but there's no accountability for them in their job and what they do. They're so yeah. critical oh, yeah. of athletes and what they do, right? And we're fine. You can criticize people. But it's like, when do you get criticism for we your job? We talked about this last episode. And most people, most <laughs> people, you know, they're held accountable to their job. And one thing I, I don't like in journalism, I've spoken about this before, is that when journalists do a bad job, when their sources are incorrect, when they steal other people's stuff, mm, mm. you know what? I think it's responsible for other journalists to call those journalists out. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily by name, you don't yeah. embarrass them, or maybe we should. Maybe we're not doing a good enough job of that. Well, this happened with that. But whole, we're talking that about happened about in the Hamadou Diallo thing. And we, we know we're talking about this. <laughs> he, we had Ian Begley on here. He spoke about that. He actually brought he up actually that. He's one of the best in the business, too. You know? He is. Yeah. And he, he spoke about that here on this podcast. He spoke about that to us personally. And he's just a you know a very big believer in giving people their credit and doing a good job as a journalist. Yeah. And that's why guys like you and him, I think, are great journalists and, and doing a great job. And look, people make mistakes. You know, it's we are. It happens. Oh, it happens. happens. You know, so yeah. it's it's not bad that you've made a mistake. Yeah. You know, but like you said, then if you're stealing work and you're doing uh-huh. this, like for example that whole you know Giannis Antetokounmpo where he was a sneaker free agent this past summer. Yes. And I had a very good source tell me that he was close to signing with. Adidas, or as you Americans say, Adidas. Um, you know, and that turned out to be wrong. But at the time, and I trust this person that told me, who was certain that he was going to sign with Adidas, I tweeted it out. And Uh-oh. I didn't tweet it out with certainty, though. I just said, you know, I'm hearing that yeah. he's signing. Like you're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he ended up signing with Nike. That happens. And the Twitter yeah. vultures came for you, didn't they? No, they didn't, actually. Oh, they didn't? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twitter, Twitter was some Maybe cool. I just don't have, people are just not paying attention to my tweets, maybe, you know. So, yeah. But it happens. You know, people make mistakes. So I get that. I'm not going to criticize somebody for making a mistake. Right. But when you start compounding in all those other things, then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about some, uh, some, some thoughts on some other players um, in the NBA before we get to. Ben Simmons, obviously, uh, looks like the leading the candidate goat. for rookie of the, the year. Goat. The hey, GOAT. The GOAT out of Australia. You yes. call him that Is already. Is he the best rookie since LeBron? Yes. Is he the best? He's the best Australian ever. Yes. 
How? My answer is going to be yes. Then. How? How? So, how? 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 What's what's that been like? What's the buzz like back in Australia? You know, we've never had so Andrew Bogart was our first ever top overall pick, pick. number yes, one right. pick in two thousand and five, five, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Shout Chris out, Paul's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, Bogart as as a great contributor as he was early before those injuries yeah. when he was at Milwaukee, mm. you know, and guys like Paddy Mills and great players. But we're talking about Ben Simmons is a legitimate superstar, and he's the first ever superstar. Mm that Australia's had for, for basketball. Right. So, you know, this is somebody that, like, the whole country is getting behind right now, and there's an insatiable for Ben Simmons stuff. Like, people can't get enough of it. Wow. You know? And the thing is, he's only played 24 games, right. and his story's already been told so many times, and it's like, we're, we're getting to the point now where it's like, what else can we say? What else can we, you know? Well, you got to wait for him to create more moments, we right? Do. Getting we do, we do. And thankfully, kind of he, it looks like he is creating those moments, you know? Putting up some great, what is he averaging, you know, 16, 16 8, and 7, yeah, or some, you know, something, something like along amazing, those lines. Yeah. You know, so it's, those numbers are just incredible. You know, another triple-double the other night. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be, with his change to the All-Star format, he could even be an All-Star this year. Yeah, I think it'd be hard not even, to maybe take him or an NMB. But back to, back to our earlier point, even beyond the analytics, you could just see, like, the eye test. Like, he's, he's special. A 6'10", 6'11", could play all positions, but you know, if he gets, if his shot develops, he's gonna be scary. Oh, good. but he could be up there with, scary with you know, Giannis, as you said. If he's Giannis gonna be, becomes you know, the best player, and everyone in the talks league. about that about you know, if his shot develops, if he shot. Yeah. I think that look, I think his shot will develop, but let's yeah, just yeah. say mm-hmm. hypothetically it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like Rondo, he affects the game in so many different, different ways, ways yeah. that I don't think it's gonna be too much of an issue. Yeah. Did I, you see what he did to New Orleans the other night? Yeah, like he's just. Effortlessly, like he'll do a crossover, spin move. He can finish well. He can find guys. He gets up. It's just his basketball IQ is so far ahead of his age. Yeah, you know that's a that's a that's a great point there. Our producer Matthew Feniza is a Jazz fan, so I have to ask you. you, Ben Simmons (laughs) is like the most exciting player, if you want to say, that's come out of Australia. Is Dante Exum the most disappointing player that's come out of Australia because of the injuries that he's had? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think so. Look, because I was, I was high on him. Matt is he's not one of those players, though. So guys like Exum and Simmons, they started sort of bubbling after I left Australia. Mm, right. Mm. So I was aware of them, but I didn't really have any sort of close, not just relationship, but you know, I'd never seen them play firsthand. Exum came over here, the mystery man. You know, I still think he is a mystery man because we still don't know what he can do. Because he's had enough time Yeah, he has had enough time. He's going to miss his second full season in, you know, three years. Yeah, he also um, came up really quickly right before he, he got drafted. So. Yeah, yeah, look, he looked good in summer league and he looked good in he preseason. Did, he did, he did. showed glimpses of what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, I still think he's going to be a good NBA player. He's not going to be a Ben Simmons, let's, you know. Yeah, yeah right. But you think he'll be a good NBA player? I think he's going to be, look, he's still young, man. He's 21 years old. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty-one. He came out here straight. He came here straight out of high school. He didn't go to right, college. He didn't go to so college. My, thing, my thing was for him initially when he came over. I said we haven't seen him play against American competition. There's a difference between playing high school basketball in Australia mm-hmm. and playing against American college. Yeah. You know, he played. I think uh, what's that Nike exhibition in Portland? The Rose. The Rose. Uh, the, the Ro- I'm forgetting the invitation. But it's a big for a lot of international guys. Yeah, there that's an play. exhibition right, right, right. though. So you know, you can't really. It's not the same. thing. It's not the same thing. So we never saw him play. I always said when he was drafted, it's going to take him time to adapt to the American game. You know, the injuries haven't helped because it's sort of set him back. Yep. But again, he's 21, you know, so I, I think give him some time. I think he'll I be wonder fine. If, I wonder if the Jazz will be patient with him. Just a couple other quick thoughts. Uh, teammate of Ben Simmons, former teammate now, Jalil Okafor traded to Brooklyn recently. Did you like that trade for the Nets? What you think? We talked about it this on our last yeah. podcast. What do you think of it? Um, I think it's good for Jalil to get out of Philadelphia. He's free. Uh, he's free. <laughs> free Jalil. Um, <laughs> he, you know, look... I've liked what Sean Marks has done with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, he came into a pretty bad situation. Oh, <laughs> the worst in the league. Yeah, yeah oh, really. You know, so <laughs> I, I like the moves he's made. It's going to be a slow process over there, um, but I got faith in him. I mean, look where he's coming from. He's coming from the San Antonio Spurs. So yep. one thing they know how to do is build a team. You know, with yeah. 
you know, I don't want to say people that have been discarded, but they, no, they, they know how to pick players, and I've liked what he's done so far. So I've got faith in Sean Mark to turn that around for Okay, Jaleel. so you like that one. Yeah. Um, Knicks, and you said a little talk about the Nets. You like the direction you're headed. What are your thoughts on the Knicks this, this season? Don't hate, man. Give us some love. No, I hate it. I, I, would, hate. I would love to hate, but I can't. You should. Are you, sh- are you shocked? Would you, would you put them as one of the biggest surprises this season? Yes. Hell That's the other thing. Oh, give, give me this before we go to break. Biggest surprise. You're shocked with the Knicks, but biggest surprise, biggest disappointment in the NBA thus far this season. Ooh. Good question. I don't know if we're going to have time before the break. I'm we, can go, we can come back. We can come with it we'll after. We'll come back to that one. Let's come All right, back we'll give, to that we'll, one. All right, we'll give Nick some time to think, think about that one. He's not hating on the Knicks, which is good <laughs> from an from a old Bulls fan because we used to have a lot of wars back in the day. But we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about biggest NBA surprise and disappointments. Uh, Nick is a huge sneakerhead, so we'll talk to him about sneaker collections. And uh, we'll talk to him about something he doesn't like when he's riding the MTA subway. All that to come <laughs> on the Hard to Tell podcast. <laughs> Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting, and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the Sports Walk today. All right, welcome back. Ain't a hard to tell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ain't hard to tell, not ain't too hard to tell. We should just add that. I laugh way too, too hard. To I laugh way too hard. You always laugh that way too hard. That was a Nas' song. He didn't call the song Ain't Too Hard to Tell. No, that's not didn't. how it ended ill. Sorry, Nas, but that's what happens when you don't give us the album that you said you were going to. Oh. So. <laughs> things start to get messed up. I start doing Nostradamus-like things on the show. Anyway, um, before the break, we talked to uh, our guest, Nick Metalinos, NBA writer for ESPN Australia. Mm. We were asking about the NBA biggest surprises and disappointments of, of the season. Brian, I want to hear your thoughts on this, too. Um, what, what is it so far for you? Which teams have really surprised you? Uh, what's been your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment thus far in the NBA season? Biggest surprise, I'm going to go with Philly. Philly. Um, because I remember I was in Philly for media day and mm. I was catching an Uber back into, into town to catch a train back to New York mm. and the cab driver was, you know, they were talking about sports and he's like, man, because this Philly team, he's like, there's no reason why they shouldn't win 50 games. And I was sitting in the back 50? of the... Yeah, and I was sitting in the back of the Uber and I was like... Fam, you got to pull up a little bit. Yeah, you got to calm it down. You know, but you look at them now. I think they're what thirteen and thirteen now. Let's have a look at the standings. No, they're, they're be- are they better? They're better than five hundred. They they're are thirteen and thirteen. So they're they're five hundred. Okay, yeah. tied with your Knicks. They are for the eighth spot. Another surprise. In which the Knicks are going to fall out soon. Yeah, I think, I think the Knicks are going to fall out. I think, I think they're going to fall out. I mean, I know a tough stretch is probably going to come. I think the Knicks are going to hang around 500 the whole year. I'll say that. I haven't said that. I haven't gave my quarter part of the season. I think the Knicks are going to be somewhere deviating three games under 500, if it, at the best three games over 500. I think they're about a 500 team. If they won 37 games, 38 games wouldn't shock me. I'm only having fun because I don't root for any team. But they, they probably will. They, they probably will for as you say, I root for Freddie Gibbs. Well, so that, that's that also that. That's all that thing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back, back to your point. Um, you like this, you, the Sixers are big. I do. I, I think they've played a whole lot better, a lot faster than I expected them to. You know, I didn't think they were going to be bad. They obviously weren't going to be the process Sixers this season. Um, but, <laughs> the process Sixers. <laughs> but, but, you know, I didn't th- look, I mean, what, 13-13, we're 25, 26 games in. Yep, yep. There's no reason why they can't. Go at least 41 and 41, you know? Like, I think it could be better than that. Think, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying I, think, I, yeah. I feel like that's their absolute minimum threshold. I would, see, yeah, I agree with that. If they stay healthy, then yeah. know, 45-ish. 
You know, I can see one at 45 to 47. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. 50, I'm not going to go there. Yet. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. No disrespect to that Uber driver. No, I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, if, if they end up getting 50 wins, he's going to look like a genius. He is. He's going to be like, I told that dude, gonna, ESPN Australia. I'm going to have to go through my, my, my uh, trip <laughs> list and just find him and be like, hey man, hey man, right. right. yeah. five star rating for you. He's like, how about that extra tip? He's like, how about that extra tip? Can I add a tip now? What was your NBA surprise? I want to hear that. Uh, mine is Tyreek Evans. My NBA surprise this year probably has to be, I would say, Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit in the East. They got off to a pretty good start. Yeah. And they've been playing some decent basketball. I think surprising. They're starting to figure some things out with some guys around there. That doesn't mean I believe in them. I believe in the Sixers <laughs> more than I believe in Detroit. I'm just surprised by where they are. That's and then I, I probably have to say the Knicks because you, I thought the Knicks were going to be awful this year. I thought the Knicks, I thought were the Knicks be would have about three wins. Where Charlotte and Atlanta is. Yeah. Matter of fact, I thought Charlotte would be a lot better than they are right now. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Kevin's Knicks. playing great and shout out to the BX. It. It's so, like, yeah. yeah. But He's one of my favorites. So those, 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 are, those, those are my surprises. I'm very man. surprised what the Knicks Mine are doing. Mine is Tyreek Evans. But, like, it's Tyreek Evans? He's having a. His, all of a sudden, like last year, he had like probably. I would say his worst or one of his worst seasons in the NBA. And now he's back to playing like he was as a rookie, where he was like one of the only rookies ever to average 25 and 5. Yep. He's also played with nobody in Sacramento. But, yeah, still. Sacramento. I mean, it's still that. Uh, disappoint, disappointment. Yeah. I was going to say Milwaukee. Um, oh, only only because they did go through a little bit of a rough patch. They've turned it around a little bit But they have to get Bledsoe. Yeah. You know, they're, they're still in the top four in the East, which is good. But... I've got such high hopes for them, just on the fact of you know how great Giannis is playing. Mm-hmm. I think they could, you know, I don't. I think they. I don't think they will, but they definitely could make the Eastern Conference Finals if things go their way. Wow. You know what I mean? That'd be a big. I still think it's going to be a Cavs-Boston thing, but you know, you never know. If injuries have knock on wood, I don't wish injuries on anybody, but you never know. You know, if somebody yeah. gets injured, you know, it could open up for them to, to make the Eastern Conference Finals. But I'm going to go with, actually, uh, OKC. Yes, I agree. I'm with I'm you I'm going to go with that. OKC. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they should be a whole lot better than what they are. Brian's going to say he doesn't buy it because he thought they would struggle. You thought, you did think, you thought it was going to take them a while to figure things out. Who? You. The who? The OKC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, no, no, no. I didn't know if you were talking about Milwaukee. Yeah. I was like, wait. No, no, no. Well, yeah, you said uh, yeah. this at the beginning of the year. You thought OKC would take some time to figure it out. So maybe you're not as surprised. No, my biggest disappointment is Patrick Beverly being out for the season because he's one of my favorite players to watch. Don't smile at me I'm like so that. So, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Patrick Beverly being out for the season is my biggest disappointment, man. Okay. Feel better, man. I, I want to see him back next year and locking people up like, uh, Lonzo Ball pushing it at half court. That was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, we got to see that. All right. Um, <laughs> enough of disappointments and surprises. You are a big sneakerhead. Uh, and I found this out uh, a couple, not, I think a bunch of times I would see you at games with those Nick games, and, and you always had something, something you do. I'm like, this guy is like a <laughs> You would look sneaker. down and be like, what are like, those? What are those? <laughs> well, you got but in a good way. What are those? What are those? Yeah, because you can look at somebody's feet like, what are those? Like, what does he have on? But in a good way, um, so I know you're a collector. Um, what got you into, you know, being, if you want to, I don't know if I should label you a sneakerhead, but what got you into being a sneaker collector and what do you like about it and how I've always deep liked are kicks, you man. It? I've always liked the first kicks I ever remember that I was like, I need to have those was the Air Jordan 4 white cement ones. When, Fours, they, first ah. when they first came out. And I remember back then, you know, back in Australia now, see, we're talking 89, 90, because I like the Jordan 5s as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we used to have family that would go to Greece, you know, every year and stuff like that. And I said to my mum, I want these shoes. And she was like, oh, we'll get somebody to bring them back from Greece. And I remember thinking at the time, like, why would Greece have them? You know, like, like, why is Greece going to have these shoes? Yeah. And long story short, I never got the Air Jordan 4s. And we went, I remember when the Air Jordan 5s came out, the black metallic ones with the silver tone. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted a pair of those. And we went to the store, and I will never forget this. And they were something like, you know, we're talking early 90s, they were like 200 and something dollars back then, which that's like 450 bucks now, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, was, that was a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't want to pay it because <laughs> that would, like I said, I think they were like 230, two, somewhere in that range. And what did he end up buying me? 
oh no, this is gonna be bad. I know no, it's gonna be no, bad. No, he ended up like I can't complain because that would. Oh, I thought he got you like some knockoffs. No, no, he got some shacks. He got me. Remember those first Reebok pumps? The pumps? Oh no, they came up like your knees. Yeah, the pumps were flying though. Yeah, but my my the thing that got me was like they were only like thirty dollars cheaper. Right, so Dad, come so on. For 30, <laughs> so for thirty dollars, <laughs> you know, I could have had the Air Jordan Fives and Mr. Metalinos. I would, if your dad was here, I'd be like, Dad, the thirty dollar difference. You know, it's, it's scarred. Your son could have had a little it's, bit more credibility in school with the Jordans. It's scarred. And he had the pumps. Know? But I will Not, say this: yeah. shout out to my mom. Like we we couldn't afford. You know, I was raised by a single mother, so we couldn't afford to have like you know. Brand new shoes every month. We used right. to have like one pair of shoes for the year or whatever it may you be. You made it work, right? But, but you know what? That pair of shoes, my first ever pair of Jordans ended up being the Jordan 7s when I was in like sixth grade or something like that. Uh, but she always made sure that I had something, not necessarily a Jordan, but I had some Nikes, or, you know, Harachis or, or, yeah, or so, something. Yeah, some, some I had something, man. But once I got older and got my own money, I was like, I'm buying all the sneakers I'm I'm I want. Everything. Now. I'm buying everything. everything. <laughs> Do you have everything? I, I downsized my collection. Sold some off to sold them on eBay. I, so I had between Australia and America, I had about 130 pairs. Cool. Um, <laughs> I, not even close. I'm not even in that round. I, 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 I don't even have double digit pairs yeah. in my rotation. <laughs> I, I donated. I donated probably yeah. about close to 40 pairs to. Some oh, you donated to some homeless shelters. Very nice, um, man. Oh, nice. Very nice. I donated some. I sold a lot. I gave like. And I gave away like 10 pairs to friends and family. Mm. Stuff that I knew I could get some decent money for, obviously, I, you know, I sold it. Um, you said you love the fours. Do you, are those your favorite kicks ever, or do you have something else? I, I'm going to say, yeah, just because of the nostalgia. Nostalgia of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, they, I had a pair, because Jordan Brand, as you know, they moved away from the Nike sort of, they became their own, their own brand, brand, so right, they had right. their own Jordan brand logos on it. So I had the, the fours with the Jordan brand logo, and then 2016, they re-released them with yep. the Nike Air. And I actually, they sold out, so I didn't actually manage to get a pair, um, but I did get rid of my original, the Jordan branded what? pair of ones that I had. Um, but I do want to cop the ones with the Nike with Air the Nike on the Air. back and with the metallic fives as well. Um, just because the nostalgia is there for me. Nah, for those do you do you subscribe to one brand of sneaker or do you kind of like you see some hot Adidas or Adidas? Um, <laughs> like you'll buy those two or whatever. I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Probably not for me. I, I, I think I might know where you're going. I pretty much only wear Nike. Mm. Um, hey. Yeah, but you know what? So do I too. But because to me at least, Nike's. But I can appreciate. Like I look at, I see some of the stuff that Adidas is doing, and I'm like, that's a dope shoe. Yeah. It's just not something that I would wear. It's not and his see, Can't it, do see? it. I get it. To me, I Nikes look the best with jeans. I agree. Like that's just that's how I look at. I it. Look like the best with anything. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm partial. I'm very partial to Nike. Not that I haven't worn other sneakers. I mean, but I have actually, in the past. So. I'm really trying to remember the last time I bought another pair of sneakers that weren't Nike. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but if Under Armour wants to sponsor the show. But, you know, look, <laughs> <laughs> no, no you know, doubt. But, you know, I, I deal with a lot of the sneaker companies and, you know, they send me some stuff. And, you know, yeah. I've, done, I've done performance reviews. And mm. I can honestly say I do an unbiased performance review. Right. You know, I've played in some Adidas sneakers that were great and, all, you know, all that sort of stuff. I just, they're not just, they're just not shoes that I would wear. Personally, right, you know, I get it, right, and I think a lot of that has to do. Look, even as a kid, you know, I wore certain other brands, but the majority of the brand, the, the shoes that I had, or even the clothing, was Nike, and I associate that with my childhood. Mm. So call it brainwashing by Nike. Marketing, they marketing, marketing, marketing well. It worked. <laughs> it, worked. Yeah. it worked, but that's how worked. marketing works. That's what they hope. They hope yeah. to get a younger generation. Yeah, to exactly. And you know what? That's like that's like open. how you're giving your daughter Nick stuff. Oh, so you trying to say I'm brainwashing my daughter? <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I'm I mean, I'm just, what is, what is she yo, I know what, it's probably the worst thing I'm doing as a parent because I shouldn't do it because of the years of pain. No, the worst thing you will be doing, it's probably actually, the worst no, thing that's, pretty, that's actually it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. I, I was going to say maybe the, the Jets might be worse, but I, mm. I haven't, we haven't really uh, talked much or there's been many That's what I'm saying. That would that will probably be in the same, you know. Yeah, it could but, be worse. But Woody Johnson, James Dolan, you know what I mean? Yeah. Could be, could be, could be worse. What oh, about your tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> For those so, who can't see, Nick has a, Nick has a lot changing of Changing the subject, yeah. but yeah, if you can't see, um, you're, you're tatted up. Uh, not a lot of journalists are, not a lot of, that, now that's become something that's, I guess, more accepted. 
In, oh, it's definitely become more accepted. Yeah, you know what we, I mean? Just like, as society as a whole. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, that's that's society a great point. As a whole. I, I feel like back then, it wasn't really a thing. Like, even people would say this about uh, David Stern's, you know, rules or whatever, dress codes dress or whatever, code. to try to hide tattoos and things like that. They had sleeves, jerseys one time in, you know, what people thought were to kind of hide them. So they airbrushed Iverson's tattoos off the cover of Hoop magazine. Hoop magazine. Yeah, I remember true. that. So, I remember so, that. Yeah, so they're more accepted now. You have them. Uh, so I guess, A, what are your thoughts on that? Just it becoming more accepted to have tattoos in whatever society now. And B, uh, what's on you? Like, what's kind of written on your arms? It's like everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's directions home if I ever get lost. <laughs> you catch the end train to Queen's Park. That's if you have too much traffic. Things happen. You got to like, oh, God. <laughs> Damn, I'm at the wrong stop. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I just got, like, I'm not one of those people that feels like everything on you has to mean something. I feel like if something's a dope piece of art, it's a dope piece of art, mm. you know? Um, a lot of the stuff does mean something, you know? Um, I've got, I've lost count. I've, I've definitely got <laughs> way over 20 tattoos. So, mm. you know, we won't have time to go into it all, but you know, I've got my mum's name, my sister's name, my grandfather's name. Um, dope. You know, I've got like a, something down here that just sort of means sound mind in a sound body, which you know, I believe in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you have some musical notes. Yeah, on too. I'm a big music fan. All types of genres, hip hop. Oh, you know, oh that's what I wanted music, to get. Everything, into. you know. So I'm a huge, huge music. Music is life. Yeah, it is. You know? I agree. Music is a soundtrack to your life. So, right, right. We yeah. have time, Matt. We have time. We have time. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into to get into some hip hop. Yeah, so, and so, then we'll get to the MTA yeah. thing that I want to talk about. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So, so real quickly on hip hop, you said that you grew up, or yeah, you, you were listening at a young age. Who were some of the people you listened to back then? Who are some of the people you listen to now? Uh, yeah, especially hip hop specifically, because as you can tell, you know, ain't hard to tell. <laughs> we we do talk. We kind of like hip hop. It, yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the culture, though. Isn't yeah, it? it's all right. part of the. It's all intertwined these yeah. days. So. Covering basketball, you hear it a lot. Yeah, you know? walking into an NBA locker room, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not good hearing, and bad. Yeah, you're not hearing <laughs> Keith Urban in there. You know? No, so, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. <laughs> um, I. I had some older cousins, they were like four or five years older than me. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was about, I don't know, eight, nine years old, mm. I used to go to their house and I'd be like, they were listening to it, they were into that. Mm. The first... So you caught the vibe. Yeah, the first hip hop records I ever listened to were straight out of Compton. It sounds, it's like cliche, isn't it? For like somebody in my age. people our age. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not, I can like, hear that. Yeah, straight out of Compton, um, Fear of a Black Planet mm. and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Ice T Power. Ooh, as well. mm. that's yeah. not one you hear from people a lot. Yeah, okay. But and I even remember the first. So that that was all on vinyl, and then obviously nice. like the CDs came out. Nice. I remember the first hip hop album I bought on CD, oh, and it was this. and it was Ice T Original Gangster. Original Gangster. Yeah, and I still know the words to every single song. Oh, don't, don't oh, know oh, oh, oh. Ice T Original Gangster, yeah. first one you bought. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that? I always like to ask people this question, but do you have a just song? just for the people that are yeah. listening, right, that are a little bit younger? Ice T used to be a rapper before he was an actor. So right. He's, yeah. he's not right. just like, oh, the guy from Law and Order. Yeah, he's yeah. not just a dude on Law and Order. Coco. Yeah. He used to be a rapper. Yeah. And was pretty. Was that was that the album that got you to fall in love with hip hop? Would you say that or was it something else? You know, um, you know, what? I'm going to say yes. Huh, okay. I'm going to say yes, because I and to this day, I still listen. I actually had it on my phone like about a month ago. OK, you know, that was like the first album. That, and from there, I just I started listening to more Public Enemy. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then you start, you know, you, you start reading branching about out. it. So you start branching out. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, like. Even as much as I love New York, and I was influenced by New York hip hop, mm. I was listening to a lot more West Coast. A lot of West Coast, a lot yeah. more West Coast hip hop. You know, I was listening to a lot more West Coast. Like obviously, Doggy Style was one of the first albums I bought as well. <laughs> to you know? Classic, so, yeah, hilarious yeah. cover. Great cover. <laughs> one of the great album arts of hip hop. Yeah. Time. definitely. Yeah. All right, good. Who, who are you listening to now? No, Brian had brought that up. Who, who are you listening to now? 
Oh, you still just, just bumping ice tea? You know what? I, I never wanted to be one of those dudes that was like... It happens as you get older. <laughs> and that's how I know that it I'm old. It happens a little bit. That's how I know that I'm old. See, this is why you got to listen to Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. But I have <laughs> listened to Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> I just think he's okay. Don't listen to Freddie Gibbs. That's a lot. Yo, yo, yo. yo. Okay, now, now... Wait, wait, he said he's listening to Freddie Gibbs. Listen to Freddie. I, I like to try and listen to dudes that, you know, like if... I like to listen to look, look, look at Brian. Look at Brian. No, I, I don't want to hear what he's saying. But I just couldn't get into it. It's not something that I could go back and listen to. Like, if you want to ask me who my, who my favorite rappers well, of all now, time Now I'm curious. Yeah, let's go. We ask, we've asked a few people this. Who are your, who are your favorite I also want to know what you've heard from him. Because uh, that, that I can't matters. remember the name of the mixtape. It was a mixtape that came out. I can't remember. It was probably an older mixtape. Yeah, it was, okay. a, it was a few years ago. It, was, it probably wasn't Pinata. No. You have to listen to Pinata. That's all I'm going to say. You don't shut, up, shut up. You don't you shut to. up. You shut up. But you just brought up a great point. What, you said your five favorite uh, rappers, if you have one, uh, have them, a list. I can give you, I'm, let's go bang, bang, bang. All right. right now. Let's do it. Jay-Z is number one. Okay. I think he's the GOAT. Okay. Number two is Biggie. I'm fine with okay. that. Okay. Number three, and this one throws a lot of people off. This sounds like your list. I don't, th- I don't necessarily think he's the third my, best rapper of all time. He's just my third This is your favorite, favorite five. I'm a Fab fan, man. Fabulous? Fabulous. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Fab shout I like to, Fab. Shout out to Friday on Elm Street. I'm well, this is a, oh, oh, Jada. Okay. Very yeah, good. Yeah, very yeah. good. We like it. I, yeah. We both have liked that project. Yeah. yeah. I, hate, I hate that future feature, but yeah. Yeah, we both like the project. <laughs> Fab number three. Yeah. It's a Brooklyn okay. heavy list. Yes. So far. Yes. So from, from, you, can so, see, yeah. you can see my influences right Brooklyn, there. Right? Pusha T, number four. Pusha, Ooh, number four. Yeah. I, like, I like He's another person that is supposedly has an album on the way. On the way. So well, I, want, I want to hear Fingers that one. Fingers crossed. And yeah. number five. Jeezy. You put JT at one and five? Jeezy. Oh, Jeezy. Jeezy. Sorry. Jeezy. I didn't, the accent. Oh, the accent. The accent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, So Damn. that's why you asked me about the Freddie Gibbs Jeezy yeah. thing earlier. I like both Freddie Gibbs and Jeezy, but, you know, Freddie Gibbs That's better. That's interesting. Who do, who do you, a lot of rappers you just mentioned were established, but who do you like that's maybe come out today, last five years? Well, Jeezy's <laughs> album's coming anybody, out, by Anybody the way. that's really grabbed your ear, you're like, I, wow. You're I like, like the 444 album. So you like that? <laughs> yeah. And you are artist? Jeezy's album's coming out. Jeezy's album's coming out. Wow. No, Ken, no, Kendrick Lamar? J. Uh, Cole? I, I do, th- I think that kid can rap. Uh, his music's not music that I can listen to over. Same with J. Cole. I think they're incredible rappers. I love both of them. He's not music that I can listen to over and over. There's no plate for me. There's no replay no value, value for you. Value, yeah. You know, all the, all, all the younger people that are listening to this are like, yo, Nick's and that's why I feel like. That's why I feel like. Because you know, that's their go to thing. That's yeah, what they do. I didn't want to be that dude that's stuck in an era. You right. know what I mean? But I I, that's what like, I don't want to be, but I feel like. I think you, but you know, we associate the best music with the music you came up listening to. Yeah, it happens to everybody. I think you don't think when you're younger that it'll be like that, but you always will. And there's that sound you love, and that's what you love. And you do evolve a little bit out of that. Yeah. But I think you listen to everything. And I don't like to say that because everything that came out in the early 90s is not the greatest thing yeah, ever. Yeah, of course. I try not to say that. There was trash then, too. There was trash yeah. then, too. Yeah. Because I just trash it now. I just think it's a little bit more of it now. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. Before we go, uh, you told me about something. You, you obviously live here in New York uh, and New York City, and you told me about something you don't like that happens on the MTA. I have a lot of annoyances when people do a lot of things. What don't you like? It wasn't even actually me. I saw a, a girl on Twitter tweet something about how she thinks it's annoying when people come onto the, the train for once, like they take a seat for one stop and get uh. off. And I retweeted it, and I, I, I quote tweeted it or something like that, and I just said, it's the most annoying thing when they rush onto the train mm-hmm. and take that seat from somebody that wants to sit down and then proceed to get off. Yeah, the next so time. rude. I think that's so disrespectful. Right. You know, I was gonna ask. So I was gonna ask. What if the seat's there? If it's like, a, if it's an empty train yeah, or because I've done that, but only if the seat's there. Sit down. You know, you know oh, but oh, if it's oh. a packed train and you don't rush, sit down for one stop. Don't sit down nah, for one stop. No, man. but you know, but you know what? This just made me think of another pet peeve that I have. Uh, so on my way to, where was it? The Nets practice facility to go to the Jaleel Okafor thing, right? Uh, there was this dude, I was taking a train, and somebody got off. He was standing in front, somebody got off, and he didn't take the seat, nothing. He just stood there. Like, yeah. He just stood there. Like he was guarding the Yeah, like he was guarding the area, and like, you know, somebody was trying to get around and take the seat, whatever, after like a couple stops. But that bothers me because it's like you're kind of giving off the impression, even if you mean it, you don't mean it, that oh, I'm just gonna you know just stand here. Why don't you sit down or why don't or you just get go someplace? Yeah, yeah, go someplace. Like, just go I'm, to the door, do something else. Yeah, I don't like that person. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people I don't like on trains, but I don't like that person. 
Give me, you don't like shout out to New York City. That's <laughs> yeah. all New York I mean, City. There's so many pet peeves on the subway. We get into. I, I can, we, that could be a whole like other the people show. that like the people that. Can I say that? I don't even know if I can say that one. <laughs> we can end the podcast. <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk the MTA and the New York City subways. Yeah, I mean, I, and the MTA probably won't. Is like Showtime a dying art? Is Showtime? Yes. On the subway? Yes. Is it dying? I saw. I'm going to say this before we leave. <laughs> I saw a video that Bomani Jones tweeted out either a day ago Shout or something. Shout out to Bomani Jones. And it was these two people. <laughs> I, I still don't understand it. They were on the subway, not with many clothes on, and they're holding on to the railings at the top. And it was a girl and a guy. The guy is wearing Wait, nothing the girl but had like no clothes on too? The girl had on like a sports bra and some shorts, but the guy had on nothing and just a speed up. They're working out? No, I can't explain this. <laughs> they were both, we're you know, you know, like, you know when you were young and you would go across the monkey bars? They were doing that on the oh, top of the train towards each other. Almost like that old American gladiator thing where you used to have to meet people in the middle and try to take them down. <laughs> they're so, playing American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> so they're doing this and as they're going across and they meet, the girl just stops and she gets mad. And she starts pushing the guy, shoving him and pushes him down. And he like he fell down hard because you heard the shot. <laughs> and everybody in the train is like, oh. Then you just hear this guy out of nowhere. He's like, hey yo, man, that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> and that's and, why I love New York. And, 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 she, and she was like, yeah, that's what you get. You know this is my train on Thursdays. And the video just cut off. And I was like, yo, what is going on? So what I'm gonna say is showtime isn't dead. It just comes in many different forms. <laughs> and you have to appreciate how it comes. But cause that's some crazy nonsense that I saw on the train. As I always say, and I know it's become the word that's all the time, it's absolutely ridiculous. That, that, that I'll say. On that note, another great episode of A Hotel Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Nick Metalinos. You can follow him on Twitter, even though he is not the most biggest lover of social media. At times. At, At times. times. But At he times. uses it for you. You want the information. You want to know what's going on with Ben Simmons. You don't want to know what's going on don't with Don't come at Australia. me with warp numbers, though. Yeah, don't come at <laughs> him with that. But if you want to see somebody do some great coverage on some international basketball, especially uh, the Australian players, please check him out. Uh, Nick, thank you for coming and chilling thank with us. Thank you for having me out. I can honestly say this is the best podcast I've ever done. Hey, man. Wow. Yeah, That's, I mean, I'm not surprised you said that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm glad this is that the you Jay-Z said it. of podcasts for me. No, hey, I, I love that. <laughs> it ain't hard to tell who's the best podcast, right? There you go. Yeah, once we get a drop machine, we're going to make sure that that's on it. <laughs> yeah, I, get on absolutely. That. We're, we're on it. We, 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 we thank you for coming, hanging out with us. We hope you come back. Um, hopefully, we're able to talk to you, maybe either whether it's next summer or something about some new Australian players coming or in. Or even sooner. Or sooner. Or sooner. All we can do is sooner. You can give Matt an update on Dante Exum and let him know what's, what's going on with him because he wants to know. He's a big jazz fan. Yeah. So he wants to know. But uh, we hope to have you back, man. Absolutely. I'd love to be back. All right, man. Thanks for coming. That's it. It's a wrap for episode 13 for Brian Fonseca, Nick Matalinos. I'm Dexter Henry. We'll be back next time on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast.